Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. You know they go. Expectation turns into goals. Uh, you know, everybody talk about expectations. You know, everybody want to make the playoffs. You know, that 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 been in my head before. You know, <laughs> before everybody talking about it. So I've been there, and uh, I think we got the pieces to do it. I'm excited. I'm ready to work, and uh, I think everybody here is 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 all bought in, and uh, we ready. That is Tim Anderson. Good morning to you, baseball people. Uh, Tim Anderson, ready for playoff expectations. That is one voice of many of the Chicago White Sox who are ready to be going for it this year. It is it is a Sox Fest weekend, and you're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. Good morning, Bruce Levine. Good morning, Matt. Welcome back from your vacation. We missed you last week at the Cub Convention, That's but you're garbage. back for what we're calling here this Saturday a taste of Sox Fest here <laughs> at our studios here. We'll certainly talk a lot about the Cubs as well, but... Uh, the White Sox are grabbing the headlines this weekend. We're going to fill you up with some White Sox guests, Sox information, Cub information about a, a new player coming in as well. And we are always available to you at 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 67011 as we walk you through baseball, which is only a few weeks away now, Matt. February 12th, both teams uh begin their spring trainings with pitchers and catchers. 17 days away. Can't wait. We are almost there. have almost made it, and Lord knows the winter tenants here in uh, Chicago are not really giving us a whole lot to um, to uh, to bridge that gap, but uh, soon we won't have to. Um, big weekend for the for the Sox fans, of course, and a couple of guests today. Looking forward to Bruce that uh, you went ahead and set up for us. Nick Madrigal, looking forward to talking to Nick Madrigal. If he's not here at the start, he'll be here pretty darn quick to play second base. And Frank Manichino, the hitting coach. The new hitting coach for the White Sox. We've heard a lot of good things about a lot of these young guys who worked with him in the minors on the way up. Very excited to work with Frank Manichino. And as you mentioned, we'll talk Cubs as they signed a major leaguer. He hasn't played in a while because he's been hurt. He tore just about everything in his knee at the beginning of last year. But if he's healthy, uh, Steven Souza can play. Yes, he uh, he did tear everything in his knee. And you, it would take us about five minutes to list everything that he Seriously? tore. I mean, and he was a player with plus speed. So you're wondering how that's going to impact them. Obviously they're doing their due diligence. Uh, Ken Rosenthal reported yesterday that uh, they were finishing off uh, this deal. So we don't know about years and money as of yet, but uh, nonetheless, they cleared a roster space uh, to allow him to be on the 40 man roster. As soon as this thing is announced real good year in 2017 for Sousa, but then uh, 2018, the, the down year and then, some injuries there, and then 2019, the big ones. There is a swing and miss factor in his game as well. 
Isn't there an everybody's? I guess, uh, but for a team that uh, is looking for uh, a little bit more on base percentage, um, you know, you wonder. But you also wonder because he's a left and a right fielder if part of the equation is going to be a trade and if Hayward can be moved somewhere else at some point here to change the mix and that a guy like an Inciarte can be brought in from Atlanta now because of the fact that they've added another outfielder and there is no room Hmm. for Inciarte, a leadoff man slash center fielder with the Atlanta Braves. And Hayward has obviously a history in Atlanta and uh and well, I don't a know lot if he no I'm, I'm not saying he's going to Atlanta. That wouldn't that wouldn't fit. That wouldn't make much no, sense. No, no, that they're, they're they're loaded up with outfielders and a peripheral outfielder would probably go back in that type of trade. Somebody that could play all three positions, you know. So from from all of that, um I would say that uh, there are still moves that I think Theo Epstein is going to make there, and getting a leadoff center fielder would be certainly ideal for this team. 670, the score is where you are. It is inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel talking baseball with you for the next couple hours and looking forward to it. As he mentioned, 312-644-6767. If you want to hop in, you can text at 6711. You can tweet me at Matt Spiegel 670. Tweet Bruce at MLB Bruce Levine. A big story coming out of SoxFest. Bruce, is Dallas Keuchel, the first member of the 2017 Astros to apologize in any way. Now, apology is, um, is maybe too clean a word for what Dallas Keuchel had to say. Yeah, we'll let, we'll let people decide after you run them through the mill of the sound bites. I was there with a lot of other reporters uh, yesterday at SoxFest, and Keuchel talked at the very end of the player availability section, and he was very candid very forthright, walked way forward, and as you'll hear, kind of walked back a little bit as well. Here's Dallas Keuchel on the 2017 Astros and where things stand. First and foremost, um, I think apologies should be in, you know, in order for, for, if not everybody on the team. And, and when the stuff was going on, it was never intended to be what it's made to be right now. And I think, I think um, when, when, when stuff comes out about st- – things that happen during the course of a big league ball season it's always it's always um it's always blown up to the point of oh my gosh this is this has never happened before um i mean i'm not going to go into specific detail but during the course of the playoffs in 17 everybody was using multiple signs i mean for 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 factual purposes when there's nobody on on base, when in the history of Major League Baseball has there been multiple signs? So you can go back and watch film of every team in the playoffs. There was probably six out of eight teams using multiple signs. So it's it's just it's just what the state of baseball was at that point in time. Was it against the rules? Yes, it was. And you know, I personally am sorry for for what's come about the whole situation. But it is what it is, and we got to move past that. So I uh, I I never thought anything would have would have come like it did and and i myself am sorry but uh it's just it's we got to move on well there's dallas keichel giving you a little window into the mindset i suspect of many players it is an apology but then there's a gigantic caveat in the middle which is basically him bus tossing every team in the 2017 playoffs yeah you're right about that matt and as our listeners will hear in a couple seconds uh, some walking back from this but nonetheless Still significant because he's the first guy from that team to really 
at length talk about this and and apologize for it. But as you'll hear in these other sound bites here, there is a bit of a backstepping going on. Yeah, plenty, um, and a, a, a bit of we're we're not the only ones. Here's uh, some more of, of Dallas Keuchel talking about whether pitchers benefited from this or not, and I, it, this is all really speaking to the mindset I think of many players on the team. So that, that's that's also the other the other side of the of the equation is hey, I know these teams are using multiple signs. What's what are they doing those for? So. Um, I mean, it just happened to come out with the Astros. And, and like I said, there's a lot of people that are sorry in that organization, including myself, for, for, for what happened. Um, do, do pitchers benefit from any of that? I mean, not really. And But at the same time, we might have had a few runs more um, per game. I, in my instance, I did not. Uh, I was actually pretty mad about that. So that's, <laughs> that, that's kind of... That, <laughs> I didn't really enjoy that sometimes. So how did pitchers benefit? They benefited when the offense did better and it scored a lot of runs for them. And there's Keuchel saying, oh, I went back and looked. And by the way, they didn't score runs for me. I didn't get the support. So I'm pretty angry about that. It's This all gives you a window into how they really felt about it. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. And, and the again, I, I give him a tremendous amount of credit for talking about this because he didn't back away from any other questions thrown his way. But as you, you'll continue to hear, he talks about the fact that uh, there are other teams that were just as responsible. And he'll point out that uh, Major League Baseball should make it uh, a little bit clearer as to whether everyone or nobody should be able to use technology. And I think the clear answer is is nobody, if they can keep going and get yeah, all the way there. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Well, here, here's Keiko talking about the whistleblower. And Mike Fires has been called a hero by some, a rat by others. How do the players feel about him? This is Keuchel on Mike Fires. That's a tough subject because you're such a tight-knit community in the clubhouse and in baseball especially. You're playing 162 games at least in the regular season plus spring training and then maybe in the playoffs if you're lucky. So you're, you're, you're pushing 185, 200 games and... It's, it, it, it sucks to the extent of the clubhouse rule was broken. Um, I mean, and that's, that's, that's where I'll go with that. I mean, I don't really have much else to say about Mike. So, hero or rat? I don't know. <clears throat> clubhouse rule was broken by the loud noise coming from the dugout, maybe, from the uh, banging of yeah. the drums, not so slowly. I, you know, again... This this is kind of where he loses me a little bit because of the fact that he says there is that unwritten yeah. rule. Yeah. Uh, gee, if he wouldn't have said anything, then we would still be, be just one of 30 teams that is using technology to the fullest from the 2017 team. And why did it take three years for something like this to come out? Because, it's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, there there is that undertone of, you know, I'm not there. I haven't been there. I played a whole year somewhere else. Um, this is revisionist history, but in reality, it's not because we're still waiting for the Red Sox to be punished for what they did in 2018. And they will be. I think they will be. But this is, you know, it, it, it's a pretty, it's a non-apology apology. It is a defense. It is an explanation. It is a rationalization. There is the word apologies, and there is uh, some disappointment I, in there. But As a baseball fan, I appreciate that part. 
And I understand the walking back of, gee, you know, uh, I just told you there's six other teams that were using probably the same technology we were. But because the Astro organization was uh, so arrogant, uh, because of the Taubman situation, the assistant general manager Mm -hmm. that harassed a woman in the clubhouse about Osuna, uh, the closer, having been uh, the right signing even after the – the abuse situation that he was uh, guilty of. And uh, there was just so much arrogance about uh, uh, Houston that Major League Baseball probably felt they had no choice but to make them an example of what we're not going to accept as an organization, let alone the cheating, but just the arrogance of the uh, organization and the, the idea that they are better than everyone else because they know how to cheat better, they can bring in a bum off the street if they wish, and he can help them win. We can be arrogant about that. Uh, there were so many things wrong about how the Astros went about winning. I understand the slippery slope where this all began. It's okay to steal signs. All right, that's just part of what we do. Okay, then you start using technology. How far can we go? I don't know. But then once the commissioner sends this memo to everybody after the Apple Watch thing and says, by the way, this is the line, and he draws it completely clearly, you are breaking a rule that is incredibly clearly stated by the commissioner. So that's why I'm so disappointed by all these guys going after Mike Fires and all these people. Pedro Martinez, a media guy who I loved as a player and love as a media guy, yes. going after Mike Fires. Right. Jessica Mendoza. All these people. No, this was a rule that everybody did know, and they flouted. They flouted their cheating. You know what? You hit it exactly, Matt. They got caught. Yes, they did. And it was point, put it out plainly there right. by the commission. Don't, they don't, this is the line. Here it is. Draw the line. It's drawn. Don't get caught. Don't get caught, okay? Because even if you are not the only team doing it, mm-hmm. you are the most successful team doing it. You are the most arrogant team doing it. And therefore, you needed a uh, reprimanding. You needed a slap on the wrist. You needed a, a, a bigger... A, a bigger penalty than has ever been handed out. And and my guy Pedro and others saying, you know, you should have gone to your GM. You should have gone to MLB. They all, they all knew. Everybody what knew. What do you mean the GM? Right? You yeah. go to your own team. Or if he goes to Manfred, if, if Mike Fires goes to Rob Manfred directly and says, hey, I have this. Do you think Manfred goes after the Astros with the same zeal and closure that he does because it was in the athletic and, went, and without the media pressure and the national maybe, pressure? Maybe he did. We don't know. Because there are... Because players were given immunity in this, which is kind of nauseating to my uh, to me all altogether. That uh, the players, the ones who benefited the most out of this, there's no way to mm-hmm. penalize them because they were given immunity to have the support and the teeth in this uh, type of punishment that Major League Baseball thought they would have going forward. If people are caught cheating to this extent, uh, there should be in the new CBA, uh, some language in there that a commissioner can do something with players who are caught using this technology to further themselves. But as you say about CBA, good luck trying to negotiate that into your next collective bargaining. It could be a long wait between seasons. Uh, (laughs) If if that's that's added to the mix. Here's one final piece from Dallas Keuchel kind of summing up the feelings of himself and other members of the Astros organization. I can only speak for myself, but I mean, just knowing some of those guys over there and, and, and knowing how they are as people, 
um, you know, we're all people to an extent. I mean, some guys are robots. I mean, I'll tell you that. So, uh, but for, for most of us, I mean, the human element's real. And, and I mean, a lot of guys are are not happy with with the fact that Mike came out and said something, or the fact that this even happened. But at the same time, um, you know, there is there is. Uh, there is some sorrow in, in, in guys' voices. I have talked to guys before, and, and I mean, this will this will be going on for a long time, and, and I'm sure in the back of the guys' minds, this will stick forever. So there it is. It, it's an apology of sorts, but it is a contextualization. It's a rationalization, and it well, is the first of maybe many attempts by players to try to make the Astros look better historically. I I choose to look at him admitting to it as the news and not concern myself with the backing away from it because it is the first Astro player from that team saying, yeah, we cheated. Yeah, we used it to our uh, benefit. We weren't the only one. Mm -hmm. There's others out there, and therefore, okay, um, Major League Baseball, from now on, let us know what type of technology we can use or can't use. Everybody should be able to use it or nobody should be able to use it yeah. and just move on from there. I don't know, Matt, if that is really practical because cheating's been going on for a million years in baseball. Uh, one-upmanship is going to continue to go on, but a blanket uh, ruling on cheating, quote-unquote, should be given by Major League Baseball. What is kosher? What is mm-hmm. not? And strict guidelines, go ahead and post them in the clubhouse and they're going to have to streamline and make more efficient and or completely destroy the usage of some of the technology that has enabled this stuff. And whistleblowing will net you a million dollars if Major League Baseball uses that information against other people. In so, other words, a bounty, a bounty for telling the truth about what's going on to keep everybody in line. So therefore, nobody's a rat. Everybody is uh is in a situation where they have to play in the up and up. And if they don't, someone else is going to benefit from it. And you're going to get punished. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by the closing of ranks and, and this, this destruction, this attempted destruction of the rat, uh, or what they perceive as the rat. I just find it disappointing. It, but it, it is the mentality of just about of any scandal, any scandal we've no, ever but, covered. Um, it's a mentality of, of uh, sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, all for one, one for all until you're standing outside getting 25 different cabs or Ubers. Well, there's Dallas Keuchel making news coming out of the first day of SoxFest. Plenty of White Sox stuff to talk about, and we will, with Nick Madrigal a little bit later on, with Frank Manichito a little bit later on, and we'll do some Cubs in the second hour as well. It's inside the clubhouse. He is Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. You want to dial it up and get involved, do it. 312-644-6767. Text us at 67011 right here on The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This hour in the score is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Sox infielder prospect Nick Madrigal in just a couple minutes. But first, let's take a phone call. This is Andy in Evanston on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. How are you doing, Matt? Good. Hey, I had a question. You know, we're finished with the big dilemma here with technology creeping into our um, pastime. And so... Why can't we turn things around, use technology to solve the problem rather than subvert the system and use everything from lights on a scoreboard to primitive banging of trash cans? The other thing that's the reason why is the, the, the other thing that's primitive is the method in which pitchers and catchers have transmitted signals for centuries, which is to throw down their fingers and yod, nod yes or no. So why can't we come up with a system that uses technology where they can um, – communicate securely and eliminate, you know, the ability to steal the signals. Yeah, and uh, thank you for the call. Good call. Um, That is exactly what Keiko was talking about, the Mm -hmm. fact that this technology is out there. People have been refining it in their own bizarre ways. And uh, why not just open it up and let everybody use as much technology as they want to, but make it even for for both sides or strip it away. I, I think right. my, my, my little two steps more fix. practical though. I, I think strip, I think stripping it away is actually nah, practical. I don't think so. Cause I think people will continue to try to cheat. Well, I think they got to get the replay rooms away from the being close to the dugout. Okay, I agree with that. So let's eliminate the manager's challenge in terms of replay Add a fifth umpire as an eye in the sky, treat all nine innings like the last two minutes of an NFL game. if you, if they see something that needs review, they call right. for it. What about, the idea, and I think Keiko alluded to it, that Major League Baseball handles all the cheating for the teams. In other words, they supply the technology game. It's it's looked at by, and handled just like replay by somebody that's from Major League Baseball supplying it to both teams during a game. What do you mean? Uh, um, just for scoreboard feeds, whatever technology you want to use. So have that all come from have MLB? All, have everybody on an uh, even playing field. Yeah, that, that 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 could be part of it as well. But uh, I think if you eliminate the replay rooms, and I'm sorry that f- folks don't get to uh, you know examine tape in the middle of a game, and then you also find some other way for pitchers and catchers to communicate, the death of visual signs, I think, is going to end up being a byproduct. They, they've of already this. done that for years. I mean, um, many times signs uh, uh, go from somewhere else, or the the pitcher, uh, you know, the catcher just. Yeah, you know, he leans to his right, that's a fastball. He leans to his left, it's a changeup. It's not the conventional sign always that we see with the fingers being put down. Well, this uh, topic is going to demand a lot of conversation for years to come. But right now, it is Sox Fest weekend, and pleased to welcome our next guest, who joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Nick Madrigal will be playing for your Chicago White Sox at some point this year. But Nick, welcome to our show, and welcome to Chicago. Um, Are you hoping it's... uh, 
March rather than May that you're making your debut? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I do definitely. I mean, always sooner the better, you know. Um, you know, the way last year ended, um, I thought I had a chance maybe to get up there for a couple games towards the end of the year, but um, it just kind of wasn't in the cards last year. So um, I, I know they have a plan for me. Um, it's kind of out of my control at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm ready at this point. Nick Madrigal, White Sox fans and baseball fans have heard about you in this town for a while now. And in a in a league full of swing and miss, when people hear stuff like, in your 532 trips to the plate uh, between three levels last year, you struck out 16 times. 16 times! There's a lot of people wondering why there aren't more of you in the big leagues and wondering if you kind of embody what the future uh, of the big leagues might be. Uh, have you always been a contact guy? And, uh, and, and where did that mindset come from to just try and make contact as much as you still do? Yeah, I think, I think uh, it's always been part of my game. I think, uh, you know, my my dad's always kind of preached to me to put the ball in play and good things can happen. That's kind of his his slogan. Um, you know, I've worked on it a ton over the years. I've picked up things here and there. But I would say it's, you know, I've, it's always been part of my game. Um, I think it's it's a lot to do with the mental side of the game. Um, when two, When people get to two strikes, I think, you know, a lot of people get kind of kind of nervous and tighten up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I really don't care. I, I know that, you know, strikeouts are going to happen every now and then. Uh, but, you know, I'm I'm not okay with it, but uh, I'm not afraid to, to strike out, you know. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, but I would say it's always been part of my game ever since I you know, was younger and playing and uh, just kind of picked up things here and there over the years. You come from a great program at Oregon State. Uh, you're a high-profile player. You're a winning player, which uh, goes into all the mix of why you were a high number one draft pick and now on your way to the major leagues. But at, at any time that you've been watching baseball and playing baseball over the last seven or ten years, did you concern yourself with the fact that you were a throwback type player, an old-school type player, that your road might be a little more difficult than the launch angle era type guy that's uh, getting prog- progressively closer to making the major leagues quicker out of high school and college? Not so much. You know, I have watched a lot of baseball throughout my life and seen the different styles of play. Um, but I haven't been worried about my game at all. Um, you know, I've always kind of just played. Uh, I didn't really worry about, you know, if my style of play would fit into, you know, the era or what, um, I always believe that myself, I could help the team out. Um, I try to play as far as I can and just kind of let things happen. Um, you know, I, throughout my life, people have always said something, you know, about my game and kind of, you know, try to knock my style of play. Um, but I haven't changed, you know, I haven't tried to hit more home runs or change my swing or anything like that throughout high school or college and even before high school. Um, so, yeah, I've always kind of tried to just focus on my game and not worry about kind of the outside talk and the style of play. Um, just, I always believed in, you know, what I was doing. Hey, Nick, at the risk of maybe giving up too much and, and, you know, it's not like, it's not like any other pitchers from any other organizations are listening. How, how do you make so much contact? Do you sit curveball and adjust to fastball? Do you sit on the speed stuff and slow down when, when need be? Sometimes you guys got to think about it one way or another. 
sure. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm I'm really not too sure. I think it's just so you know, a lot of a lot of practice, a lot of different situations. You got to think about different things. Um, you know, I'm always kind of watching the game weather, even before I go up to bat. You know, even in the dugout, I'm watching the pitcher and seeing what what's going good, what's going bad. Um, you know, scouting reports. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, so it's not really one magic thing I do. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't give you one answer to that. Hard contact is something that people always talk about. Um, how do you and the minor league instructors and um, everybody that's associated with your player development deal with hard contact and increasing that, uh, something that everybody wants to make? Or has that never been a problem because of your level swing and ability to be a contact guy? Yeah, I think uh, this last year um... – my first year of pro ball, the half season that I got, um, you know, I, I was able to hit a lot of pitches outside the zone. Um, and then this last year, I kind of tried to zone in more on the strike zone. And I, I did hit balls harder, and I felt a lot better. Um, so that, that was one of the things I wanted to improve on. Uh, it's just more zone discipline because when, when the ball is in the zone, I hit the ball harder and, you know, have better at bats um, instead of just chasing outside the zone and making, you know, kind of weaker contact. Um, but, yeah, it's something I've always tried to work on. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, though, I mean, if you hit the ball to right center, you know, whether it's, you know, 100 miles an hour or, you know, 60 miles an hour, it's still still probably going to be a hit, you know. But I still try to, you know, square up balls as much as I can. Hey, 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 Nick, I, I've heard that uh, you and Gavin Sheets are both real good golfers, but that you're better. Uh, Gavin Sheets, another prospect in the White, in the White Sox system. Is that because you're more of a contact guy, or why are you better than Gavin Sheets and some of the other prospects? <laughs> I, you know, I would say that I'm a lot better than him at golf, but i got to give that one to him. He's one of the best golfers I've ever seen, and uh, it's fun. We had a lot of fun. We, we went out a couple times this offseason, and uh even during the season last year, we went out once with him and his dad. And uh, I truly think that he could be professional golfer uh, if he wanted to right now with a little bit of practice. He, he is incredible. Stolen bases uh, seems to have been on the uptick for you since you went to professional ball. Is that a product of your college coach not running as much and having a big offense or the fact that the White Sox have just pushed that uh, because they know that you have that tool in the, the in the four tools or so that you have in the tool bag. Is it more a product of professional baseball in the White Sox perspective or your college coach's perspective? I think, yeah, I think every team I've, I've been on I've kind of had a, a different style. In college, we did have a, a great lineup, so we would pick and choose um, different times of steal. Uh, just, you know, you got to kind of be smart about it. Um, and then in pro ball, you know, that you can run in different situations. So I, I think it just depends on the game, the situation, the coach. Um, but I would say it's a big part of my game. I, you know, I try to, you know, steal as much as I can. I feel like I can help the team out on the bases that way. Um, but, yeah, um, I always am in the back of my mind trying to trying to steal um, when I get on base. I think that, that that's a big part of uh, who I am. Nick Madrigal, White Sox prospect and second baseman perhaps of, of this coming year on the score right now with us here on Inside the Clubhouse. So the dream is that all of you young guys end up here together and kind of develop together. 
and learn things together, get inspired by each other, that kind of thing. Um, who have you played with along the way uh, in this White Sox system already? Maybe guys that are already here that you're like, oh, my God, look how good that guy is. Gosh, I think, uh, you know, the White Sox are kind of known for how great their farm system is. And I think there's a lot of different pieces uh, throughout the organization that are I could see, hope you know, in the near future, in a couple of years, I'll be in Chicago and you know helping the team out greatly. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of guys that come to mind. I mean, obviously, Luis Robert, Gavin Sheets, Blake Rutherford, those guys, uh, Taekwon Forbes. I mean, the list goes on. There's tons of guys in the organization I've seen, I've played with on, you know, and one day they're doing, you know, a great defensive play or you know, an offer they're hitting a huge home run. I mean, I think there's a you know, there's a lot of talent in the organization, so um, I think a lot of the White Sox fans should be excited for that. Is Robert the best a- athlete you've you've seen that you've played with? I mean, he's pretty remarkable athletically. Yeah, I've played with some some great players along the years, but um, yeah, I I've said it before. I think he's one of the best players I've seen play. What what areas uh, do you want to work on to? Uh hone your skills to be ready for the uh, major leagues this year. What, what, where will you be working? Obviously they say you're a very good defender. You have good range. You uh, obviously have good baseball instincts, but where are a couple areas that you feel you need to improve on to, uh, to get to where you want to go next? You know, I, I feel comfortable at this point. You know, I have worked extremely hard over the years. I think, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I believe in the style of play that I've always played, and uh, I, I feel as ready as ever at this point. And, uh, I mean, this last off season, the, the weight room is huge for me. Um, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. I mean, I feel like my body's moving a lot better. Um, you know, we did a lot of speed work to help me, you know, kind of hone in on my craft and my, my form when I run and things like that. Um, so I, I feel uh, very ready at this point. Is there going to be a natural segue for you and Frank Manichino, having been there with you last year for a while, even even though it was a, a just a short period of games, maybe twenty nine, thirty games for you? Yeah, we uh, in that short time we got we got pretty close, and uh, I even talked to him throughout the off season. You know, I'd call him, and he would shoot me a text. Um, you know, watching some of the playoff games, and even after that. Um, so I, I feel like we've kind of bonded already in that short amount of time, and. Uh, I think he's the right guy for the job. He he definitely knows his stuff. Um, I love how he, he gets fired up on a daily basis, but I believe that a hitting coach should be like that. And it seems like he, you know, he uh, wakes up thinking about hitting, goes to sleep thinking about hitting, and uh, yeah, he, he's someone I've really enjoyed working with. Nick, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of Sox Fest. I know it's um, probably eye opening to see. The Sox Nation in mass uh, enjoying everything and uh, picking you up on their sh- uh, picking them up picking you up on their shoulders and kind of you know uh, virtually walking you around for your first time in Chicago. So that's just going to be a taste for what it's like. Uh, we appreciate it very much joining us in Inside the Clubhouse and I look forward to seeing you in just a few short weeks in Arizona. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Nick. Nick Madrigal, your White Sox future second baseman. Danny Mendick uh, might have a few things to say about that along the way. There'll be some good competition. But, uh, you know, we, we, we weren't going to get into it with him about whether they want to control his uh, time as well, <laughs> the six-year thing. I'm, I think maybe 
with a player like this, they can look past that. And yeah. that if he's ready, he's ready. You think so? I think they well, can. Well, he obviously thinks he's ready. I love that answer. What do you still have, what do you still have to work on? Eh, nothing. Feel yeah. pretty good. Feel I pretty mean, good. I could be wrong. You know, he could be Dustin Pedroia, and uh, they could regret not having that sixth year. But there'll be a new CBA uh, a couple years down the line. Interesting. Here. So that this might be a situation where they're like, let's just go ahead and break camp and not worry about yeah, the extension. I mean, because or- especially. Matt, because of a team that is ready. needs to win all those games you if bet. they can. And, and his kind of offensive profile is needed now on every team in baseball. Yep. It, it really is. I mean, we've spent the last three years talking about the Cubs' need for more contact and more speed and a different kind right. of hitter in that lineup. This, this guy will have a place in every lineup. I, I guess the only real question is, are they going to be comfortable that he's ready the bat number two, because this is a guy that you assume will be a number two hitter in baseball. Seems like a perfect bat control Speed, number bat two. bat control, mm-hmm. move the ball around, bunt when he has to. Or maybe a one. Maybe a one. Maybe a one. I mean, he could be if Robert... If there's too much swing and miss in, in Robert's game, maybe maybe it is. Well, you know me. I don't think Robert should be anywhere near that uh, for a while. No need to add that to his, the pressure. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Join Northwestern Basketball at the new Welsh Ryan Arena this season. Home opponents include Ohio State, Michigan, and Purdue. Single-game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. And this segment is brought to you by Kenosha Subaru. Back with more on Inside the Clubhouse right here on The Score. 670, the score is where you are. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. It's inside the clubhouse. Let's go to the phones, Bruce, before we hit the top of the hour. This is John and Rolling Meadows on the score. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? We're good. You know, I'm thrilled to death with this ball club this year with the Sox. I've been a Sox fan for a long, long time, and I've been waiting for this time for the window to open for them. I thought the addition of Encarnacion was nice because he can DH play a little first. Um, I like I like what we did with our starting pitching and our our, bull, our bullpen may need a little help. Um, our outfield looks kind of weak, but we'll work on that. What I called about particularly was. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing this young second baseman we have coming up. But I think I'd, I'd feel more comfortable with him playing if we had a veteran working with him and backing him up. I know there are a couple of guys out there we could get. I, I just think that would help settle him down a little bit if he, ha- if he had somebody watching him out there that can work with him and practice and, uh, you know, talk to him on the bench a little bit. Right. What do you think, Bruce? Well, uh, I I can't agree with you how the outfield looks weak. I don't. Maybe you can define what you mean by weak. Uh, yeah, John. Had to, what what looks weak about the outfield to you? Well, I, I we right field. I mean, I, I like his bat. I don't know how strong his arm is, and you know, right field, you got to have a cannon out there. I think. Right. Uh, our left field. Um, I like. What he brings, okay? okay. I mean, oh, so you're mostly talking top. about defense right now. Yeah, I think he's talking about defense. Elo yeah. Jimenez, by the way, pledging to be to surprise people with his defense. This well, year. he's worked hard, and the White Sox have worked him hard, and there's no reason to think that he cannot improve because he had a long way to go. 
I think <laughs> I think staying out there healthy, Matt, will be the the cure all for him. Just just being a he he's had so much injury situations over his minor league career and into last year twice last year on the IL. So just you know the rote you know numbers again and again doing things being out there. That's the only way to get better. Yeah, uh, batting practice, taking uh, fly balls, you know, off of a fungo bat or a machine, that doesn't do it for you. I think having Luis Robert on opening day and all of spring training, uh, spring training approaching your defensive mindset for both Eloy and Mazzara, knowing you've got that guy in center field. So, what realistically does my range need to be? What what yeah. realistically does my level of control need to be for balls in the gap? Those kind of things, well, and, and watching somebody that good. It naturally elevates you to I, uh, care more as well. You know, I, I hear mixed reviews. Uh, you know, when you talk to when you talk to uh, Robert, he tells you he doesn't have any work to do defensively. You talk to scouts and other people; they say there's still route work that he he has to uh, get better at. And route work to me doesn't necessarily mean that he can't get there. It means he's also got to be aware of the other two defenders mm-hmm. and that you don't have a. Uh, you know, a collision, you know, like the Cubs had in 2015 that took a player out for the whole year mm-hmm. because of inexperience. Yeah. So those are the things that you worry about when you hear about route work. And not necessarily whether the guy can cover the ground or not, but whether he has the presence of knowing the left fielder, the right fielder, and when to back off and when not to. Well, if um, if I'm the Sox outfield instructor, is Daryl Boston still there? Still the guy yes. to, to be handling that? If I'm Daryl Boston, I say, Luis, um, know that you have two cement pillars, one in right, one in left. Yeah. Everything else is yours. A- absolutely. Uh, and again, it's going to be just fun to watch him because, you know, if if you take this and you, you step on the gas all the way from a rookie to Ricky Henderson, those are the possibilities that you're looking at with this type of baseball athlete. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It's inside the clubhouse on 670. The score next hour, bottom of the hour, Frank Menachino, the new White Sox hitting coach, will join us. Some Cubs conversation before that. You guys get involved at 670-11-312-644-6767. That's the phone number. Keep listening right here to the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and the restrictions may apply analysis by ukulip speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023